Welcome to the OT Club, everybody. It is July 1st, 2018, and with the new month coming in, that means we are 30 days closer to the MLB trade deadline. There's a lot of news and rumors going on right now, and the head of the talks appear to be the New York Yankees, who appear to be on buyers on the surface right now, and the New York Mets, who are believed to be sellers, specifically referring to Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Now, the possibilities of a deal between these two teams actually taking place, uh, I mean, probably pretty slim, let's be honest. Um, the Mets don't want to give their crosstown rival perhaps what is their only weakness at this point. I mean, that's not true if you look at the first base position, but... They have enough to play with right now to make a championship run. Um, I don't think the same is true for pitching, though, for the Yankees. I mean, they are very, very thin right now at pitching, um, specifically for injuries. I mean, pitching was a question mark coming into the season to begin with, uh, even before all these injuries took place. Um, it just nobody knew what we were going to get from Tanaka this year. I mean, the postseason, he was phenomenal last season. But leading up to that, it wasn't so pretty. Um, Sonny Gray couldn't get by a run of support last season. Um, nobody knew how CeCe would be holding up. At, um, he's growing up there in age. And Jordan Montgomery was the other question mark who is now on the DL and out for the season and probably next season with Tommy John surgery. Now, where does this draw the Yankees as I started this podcast off? In the market for a starter yet again. Now, the title of this podcast, as as you've probably noticed by now, is Discounted Shopping. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I'm going to start by saying that the Yankees in the past few seasons, probably since their championship run, other than that, they haven't really made any big splashes um, other than that offseason going into the 2009 season where they won their 27th World Series. They really haven't made too many splashes after that. And the reason I call this this podcast discounted shopping is because that's exactly what the Yankees have done leading up to this 2018 campaign, but more specifically last season at the trade deadline. And I think it's very relevant 24 hours after the Yankees got routed 11 nothing to the Boston Red Sox by uh, credited to who other than Sonny Gray, 2017 trade deadline acquisition by the Yankees. Um, now, what what is the problem with this discounted shopping? Well, you hear everyone talking about how phenomenal of a farm system the New York Yankees actually have. Now, we also need to remember that the Yankees actually got this farm system pretty much by kind of building an island of misfit toys, um, pretty much taking the best parts of everyone's farm systems. I mean, the Cubs, you could labor. Um, McKinney, um, the Cleveland Indians, uh, Clint Frazier, Justice Sheffield, pretty much taking parts of a bunch of other farm systems and putting it into theirs to make one super farm system. Um, and that's fine. And so they stockpile all these weapons and they, they have drafted pretty well. I mean, we look at it, uh, Aaron Judge, now he's making a, a huge impact, but for the most part, it's been the Yankees stockpiling weapons via trade. Now, the problem with this is that the Brian Cashman's kind of developed the Danny Ainge syndrome 
that is that he has all these assets and he does not want to part ways with them to fill one of the few holes that the major league club actually has right now last season i mean we take a look at all these deals that that went down i mean let's take a look at the top-notch pitching that went off the board at the deadline last season uh justin verlander the astros got him ended up being the piece that got them over the hump to finally win the world series the dodgers landed you darvish led them to the world series the yankees thought that that's what they were getting with sunny gray ended up not being the case and i'm not gonna say you know oh sunny gray didn't perform what he should have last season that's why the yankees lost in game seven to the astros that's not the case. But we take a look at all these pitchers that, that gone off the market. Quintana's another one. These are top-notch starters that can make a huge impact down the stretch. What did the Yankees end up with? Sonny Gray and Jaime Garcia. Now, it doesn't really take a rocket scientist to kind of come up with the observation that Jaime Garcia and Sonny Gray do not equal Justin Verlander. They do not equal Garrett Cole. They do not equal Quintana, and regardless of his struggles, they do not equal you, Darvish. I mean, we you got to just we got to remember that. Now, leave it to the New York media to hype up any player that you know is has the potential chance to wear the pinstripes. Uh, let alone in a year where the Yankees actually have a chance to make a push for another World Series. So all the hype was around Sonny Gray at the deadline last season but what did the Yankees give up to get this guy they gave up their own misfits or not misfits um they they gave up some talented pieces but let's not forget and I'm gonna say it again as I've said it before in this podcast and that I kind of want this to be the main theme is that in all sports contracts trades and specifically the Yankees at the, the the way that they've acted at the trade deadline, not just last season, pretty much you know every year at the deadline where they haven't been sellers, you get what you pay for. The Yankees paid for Sonny Gray. What did they pay for Sonny Gray? Two injury injury injured players, excuse me, and a player with an attitude problem. Very talented, one of their top guys, Jorge Mateo, in the Yankees farm system. Anyone who followed the Yankees closely in their farm system knows that he had an attitude problem. He had a hot head. Didn't like that they slid him over and he couldn't play his primary position at short. The Yankees traded a kid who was a fiend, a Capriel, and a kid who was a phenom coming out of the draft. I was very excited for him, for him. growing up in New York. Um hearing that he out of all the players taken in that draft that he was the closest right out of the draft to make it to the major leagues gets Tommy John surgery Dustin Fowler lots of promise didn't really know too much about him to be honest with you lots of promise breaks his leg in the first game had to pretty much get his knee reconstructed another injury and then hot-headed Mateo and what did we get we got what we hoped would be a one or two starter and what ended up barely being a number five starter. I mean, after what we've seen, especially last night in this game against the Red Sox, that's kind of just been the symbol of what's been going on this entire season with Gray. And the problem is, is you know, it's not Sonny Gray's fault that Billy Bean knew exactly what he was doing 
and that Brian Cashman's just trying to save a couple of pennies and assets. Or not even as much on the penny side. It really, money is not an object if you're the New York Yankees. I mean, they've been under, they got, finally got under that luff, magic number for the luxury tax, which means that they are in a position for a big contract. But I'm going to get to that in a minute, um, specifically speaking about the luxury tax. But pretty much what Cashman did is he made a deal and he's, Cashman's trying to get keep everything he wants similar to the way Danny Ainge built the Celtics. I mean, Danny Ainge with Kyrie Irving, pulling off that Kyrie Irving trade, we kind of finally started to see him kind of give away some of those assets. But it's kind of that same thing. I mean, instead of draft picks that the Celtics stockpiled, the Yankees are stockpiling minor leaguers, which you could see why, considering a couple of years ago, maybe give it three years ago, they had perhaps one of the thinnest farm systems in baseball. And they were finally able to overcome that. But now they, they, they are having a difficult time parting with any of their prospects. We, have, we talk about how flooded the outfield is, how deep of an outfield the Major League roster has. Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge. Now we have Stanton, Brett Gardner, Jacoby Ellsbury, and now Clint Frazier. I hate to break it to Yankee fans who who like Clint Frazier. Um, he he's never going to make it on this team. They're not going to give away the hero, um, the veteran that everybody loves in Brett Gardner. They're not going to give up pretty much you know a very big part of that organization right now. He's practically the heart and soul of the team right now. They're not going to give him away. Aaron Hicks is, you know, about at his prime right now, and he's been tearing the cover off the ball this season. Last season, good season, but he's he's been on a pretty hot, uh, pretty much been on a hot streak these past few weeks. Aaron Judge is your star player, and expect to see him getting some good money at the end of the season. And then John Carlos Stanton, the Yankees have pretty much married him. And they are in an interlocking deal and probably will try to suck the very last baseball out of him because I don't just don't see that contract being moved again. And then everybody's buddy, Jacoby Ellsbury, who, you know, appears to have dropped off the face of the earth. But I gave you five guys that on any major league club can play. And Clint Frazier was one of the asking prices. Now, I think the Yankees would have dealt Clint Frazier had the other part of the deal not been Miguel Anduar. Now, if I'm the Yankees last season, and I have this mindset, listen, if the Yankees would have landed Verlander, not even for last season, last season is last season, they got as close as you can get to a World Series, Game 7, nitty-gritty. I'm talking about for this season and next season and the remainder of the seasons on Verlander's deal, that if they would have pulled that, that would have got them over the hump. Because take a look at the starting staff. You'd have Severino. You'd have your Verlander. You'd have Tanaka for a couple more years. You would have CeCe for this year. And maybe, maybe next year. Probably not next year, but you would have had CeCe for this year. This is a year ago. So you would have two years with CeCe still. A year and a half, if we're talking about from the deadline. And Montgomery, who was pitching decent. 
forget about Montgomery. Montgomery still gets Tommy John surgery. You got Lysiga. You got Sheffield. You got Adam Warren that you can throw out there if you really had to. Luis Sessa. There are options to get a five, a fifth guy out there for the remainder of the season. But once you're in the playoffs, you pretty much got your guys, and that's that. Had the Yankees pulled the trigger for a Quintana or a Verlander or or a Darvish, I mean, that would have set them up to be in a better position than they are now. Right now, if you look at this team, other than the fact that Sonny Gray is under contract, and I believe Tanaka for maybe another year, but the Yankees aren't going to want to pay Tanaka big money. And the way it's looking, if Cashman and the Yankees' Twitter keeps getting harassed the way they did, especially after last night's game, Sonny Gray is not going to be in pinstripes much longer. CeCe's probably retiring after this season, saying it's 50-50 if they win the World Series. But, I mean, I think that that would decrease his chances even more. Um, If you look at it on the surface, and Lysiga doesn't even have 10 major league starts yet, so you can't really look at him as a long-term option just yet. Severino is really your only lock. And, you know, especially for a team who has arrived and is ready to make that playoff push, and not even it's past the playoff push, it's a World Series push at this point, that they don't have the artillery and the firepower in the starting rotation to get there. And that's kind of concerning for most Yankee fans, myself included. But the Yankees get what they pay for. They don't want to pony up the big bucks. Well, I mean, not bucks, literally speaking, but, you know, in terms of making an analogy, they don't want to pay the big bucks for the men's warehouse designer suit. So they figure, okay, we're in a good enough position to make this sales pitch. We don't need to get the nicest suit on the market. Let's go into a Walmart or a thrift store instead to make up for it. We're still in a good position. We don't need the best, but Walmart will suffice. And that's what Brian Cashman did with Sonny Gray. Everyone thought Brian Cashman is a genius for pulling the string on this deal. Highway robbery. Every New York headline, highway robbery the day after that trade deadline. Guys, Billy Bean is not stupid. Think what you want after watching Moneyball. Have your own opinions on him. The lack of moves that they've made. uh, How disappointing Oakland's roster has been for probably as long as uh, any of us can remember. Longer than some of us have been alive. But Billy Bean is not stupid. The reason why that trade took so long is because Billy Bean was holding out to get the best possible package. Brian Cashman, you know, and the Yankee, I give Cashman a ton of credit. I mean, and by by all means, he did what he had to do. I understand Andor, I mean, I'm I'm as a Yankee fan, I'm happy that, you know, he held on to him and it turned out that way. We're going to get longevity in our infield with him and Glaber um and DD. But that's not the point. The point is that Brian Cashman, everyone is painting him to be this genius, pulling off these trades where we're really not giving up a whole lot. The Yankees got what they paid for with Sonny Gray. They got a four, five starter, if that, for two injured players that may never make it and a hot-headed prospect whose best asset is speed. Not hitting, not fielding, speed. And for, you know... Those people are still not sure of where I'm going with that. Just look at Billy Hamilton over in Cincinnati. We gave up nothing 
for Sonny Gray. It wasn't the Yankees did not want to make that sacrifice. They didn't want to make that jump for a Verlander or a top tier guy. And they're paying the price for it now. If I'm the Yankees, and like I said, we've been under the luxury tax enough time uh, for, you know, like we've hit our, our mark on the luxury tax. We're out of it. We haven't really made any big offseason moves. I mean, yeah, we had the money to even land in Otani last season after picking up Stanton's contract, which, you know, everybody's saying that, oh, you know, we didn't take on a salary in full. Let's be honest, Derek Jeter would not have pulled that trigger if the Yankees weren't paying a huge portion of that contract. You could correct me if I'm wrong there, but it, Jeter did it for a salary dump. So they're Stanton, and we got a lot this young core that we got to lock up. So I could see maybe why Cashman doesn't want to pull the trigger. But if you're looking at it right now in this Yankee mentality, and so what they trade Frazier and Anduar and maybe some mid-level prospects, you still got a decent variety in the farm system. You still have Glaber, Floreal. You'd still probably be able to hang on to. And at least one of the pitching top pitching prospects. If you're the Yankees, you deal Anduar last season, Anduar and Clint Frazier and some maybe mid-tier prospects. And you land Darvish or Justin Verlander. Okay, we don't have the production that we're getting from third base now from Anduar this season. That wouldn't happen. But if I'm the Yankees, I don't mind waiting one more year knowing that I still have the money to land Manny Machado and plug him in at third base. You can't, no baseball fan in the world can sit here and tell me that they would be disappointed with Manny Machado instead of Miguel Anduar. He's easily one of the best defensive players in the league. He's got a great power bat. Contact has been better than last year, but, you know, looks like he's trying to hit the ball out of the park too much. And then you have Gary... Your question, your you know question mark and carousel at first base. You have Glaber, you got Didi, and you would have Manny Machado next season. Then you have Judge, Stanton, and a Hicks and Gardner platoon probably again. And then you could keep doing what you're doing with the DH spot, and that would have been their roster going forward, starting in 2019. And that right there would be your World Series squad because you would have that infield solidified. Your outfield is set, and you would have added a top gun to the pitching rotation. Sports teams get what they pay for. And the Yankees have gotten what they paid for. And uh, you could even look at, you want to look at the White Sox trade as well. Uh, Todd Frazier walked. Canely dropped off the face of the earth as well. You know, he's been on rehab and he hasn't made his way back to the major leagues. You pretty much traded a bunch of, you know, you traded your first round pick from a year or two ago when Blake Rutherford for David Robertson, which is a good trade. I mean, Robertson is Robertson. He's old, reliable out of that Yankee pen, but you get what you pay for. Not a phenomenal price, not a phenomenal return, but it's you getting around what the value that you paid for. Now, uh, people are going to disagree with me and say, oh, you know, the Yankees, they got they lost the trade with Oakland. So be it. They lost the trade with Oakland. But the value is still the same, and that's where I'm going with this. They didn't sell high on Sonny Gray. They sold low on him, hoping that he would pan out and be that potential. But if you look at the statistics, in his first season, he had 12 games pitched, 2.67 ERA. 
Then he's around 3.5, 3.7, fluctuating around 4. Not quite at 4, but pretty close to it. And then in 2015, we have another outlier down to 2.7, and then right back up to 5 and the high 3s. So he's been pretty consistent. I mean, in that ERA, obviously that ERA has spiked in New York, and he you know, talks that he can't handle the pressure here. But Gray's been doing probably around what he's been doing in Oakland. It's just not good enough for New York. That's not Sonny Gray's fault. That's not Billy Bean's fault for not grooming him enough. Sonny Gray has been Sonny Gray. Kind of like the Paris syndrome when people get disappointed in visiting Paris that it wasn't what they thought it would be. Sonny Gray to New York Yankee fans is not what they thought he would be. Is that his fault, though? No. Who do we have to blame? It? It's not even Brian Cashman's fault. He knew he needed a starter. And he got one. The Yankees need a starter down the stretch. They did one last they got one last year. But now looking at it, you know, not even it's not Cashman's fault. It's not Billy Bean's fault. It's not Sonny Gray's fault. It's not the Oakland A's fault. Whose fault was it? It's gotta be the New York media. Be sure to check out our podcast. We'll have a couple of more up this week. I believe we're looking to do around two, three, four podcasts a week. So be sure on the lookout. Um, we'll have a couple more of these up. And uh, please, please spread the word. We work very hard in putting out a quality product. And above all else, we want to be able to connect with you guys, the fans. Let me know what you guys think. What should the Yankees do at this trade deadline? Should they pony up their assets? Should they stay put? Should they go for a more low-end tier, not low tier, but mid-tier starter to just, you know, strengthening the rotation? Kind of like they did last year. Just get a middle-of-the-road guy like a Patrick Corbin or a Michael Formler, who they've been scouting. Let me know what you guys think. Be sure to give us a thumbs up, retweet, republish, share us, spread the word. Feedback is always appreciated. We'll see you guys next time.